It's such an iconic show, and it's so iconic specifically to be sitting in this chair that Elizabeth made so great. Being the lone conservative on this show is, I have, I always had respect for you. When I first came on my first day, I said, I wish to emulate Elizabeth oh, because you really were the OG of this seat. What you will always have, I'm sorry, Abby as well. Elizabeth Hasselbeck, I'm so excited you're here. I can't so even tell you. you. I've been a fan of you my entire life. I'm so happy to be here with you. First of all, I love what you're doing. I'm a huge fan of yours and I loved you, Dad. We're thrilled to welcome back first yes. our friend and former co-host, Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Yes. We shouldn't be in a state of panic because what we're doing and taking cues from our president is taking early, strong, bold actions to keep this at bay as much as we possibly can. This is not a panic situation. This is a precautionary situation. We're going to use Purell, Purell wash our hands, but and we're going to be not, okay, how guys. How can it not be a panic we're situation okay. when you have people dying from this? We had it happen on this show as well. Not with me, but we had it happen on the show as well, lest we forget. So a Republican saying that it was, you know, that we should wash our hands and pray it away. So it wasn't just on Fox News that it was happening. It happened right here in The View. I so enjoyed the Republican, Trump, Republican <laughs> then, I, What were your thoughts on Elizabeth Hasselbeck co-hosting The View and saying we should pray the virus away? Yeah, somebody actually sent me a screenshot of my face when she said that. I, I... I don't need to co-host with her again, and it's unfortunate because I've been a huge fan for a long time. So Megan, number one, I don't like being misrepresented, so we're gonna talk this out right here. The day I came to The View, it was like pre-social distancing orders. The CDC's recommendation of social distancing is why we are audience-free today. And I will always, always, call on God in my prayer. So if you want to come on offense against me for that, well, I took a bath in Purell this morning. I've always wanted to do a podcast with different women who have different points of view. Or just like a show where I force people to talk about the view with me. Is the world class? Yes. I'll call it Deja, The View. I, I never thought about it, Whoopi. Welcome to Deja, The View, the podcast. Hi. Hi. Oh my Sean. God, Sean, you scared me. What are you doing here? <laughs> I patched in through the back. <laughs> I thought this was a private line. Unsecure, baby. Sean is here with us. Um, during I heard, I heard your complaints. Um, it's, it's crazy about... that during quarantine, Anna Navarro is on the view less, and I'm on Deja the View more. Yeah, because someone, it is, it someone is a little recently crazy. called me the Anna Navarro of Deja the View, specifically referencing that I'm on too frequently now. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't bear to be on the phone with Marie by myself. <laughs> um, I Before we get going, I just thought we should talk about... It was like a really like awful, depressing week. Last weekend was the worst mass shooting in Canada's history. The last time there was something of this size, it was before I was born, and I'm mm -hmm. almost 30. Um, yeah. And it started in a place called Portapic in Nova Scotia. It's so fucked. He ended up killing 22 people. He initially started killing people in Portapic and burning down homes, but then he continued on across like a hundred kilometers of the province dressed as a police officer and driving a fake police car and just started like pulling people over and killing them or just like shooting people who were just like on a walk yeah and so he like traveled through like Truro, Brookfield, um, Shubenacadie, Enfield is where they ultimately got him. And these are like all of the areas that I grew up around. 
it's just been like such a depressing week and I've just been glued to the news like because there were 16 different crime scenes so it kept like it started out with them saying 10 people maybe were killed and then it just kept growing and growing and growing and getting worse and worse and worse There's so much going on right now where everyone feels out of sorts. Um, uh, Just, I mean, before, like before this happened, um, everyone is feeling out of sorts and feeling stress from a variety of different reasons because of coronavirus and the quarantine. So it just really couldn't have happened at like a worse time yeah um, it's, it's so, just like, so impossible devastating. to yeah impossible to wrap your head around um you can't even have like public ceremonies of grieving um because of what's going on which i think is adding like an unexpected other layer of tragedy to the whole thing yeah. yeah, and we we as Canadians like have us sort of lulled ourselves into a false sense of security because this doesn't really happen here. Like this is yeah. so rare. It's just it's difficult. It's it weighs heavy, I think, on the hearts of all of Canada, but especially people from Nova Scotia, from the Maritimes. Um, it's really difficult to deal with right now because we can't have these um we can't be literally be there for each other physically it's it sucks it's (laughs) there's no other way to say it it really sucks okay well we thought it was important to um share with people what's been going on in case they don't know so a lot of motorcycles today i'm I'm so (laughs) sorry it's nice out today and people have like completely i don't know what it's like in your neighborhoods but on queen street it's like everyone just forgot we're in quarantine and the streets are packed and it's making me extremely like stressed like i am operating at a very high level of anxiety as it is uh like in the last month and today is very it's for it's stressing me out a lot because i'm like i don't want to keep living like this get your asses inside (laughs) Like, if Pride is canceled, so is your motorcycle ride today. So is straight Pride. Yeah. So, the epilogue of Ladies Who Punch was released, and I finally was able to read it, because I wasn't going to purchase the book again, so I needed someone to send it to me, and finally I received it, and I just read it right before we started today. Did yeah, you guys the, read the, that blog? The good news is yeah. that if you bought it on audiobook, you can just automatically update your book and it will have the epilogue there. But if you bought it on hardback so that you could put it on your view-themed bookshelf, you're shit out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, I guess I my takeaways um, were that the author talked a little bit more about the apparent toxicity mm-hmm. at the root of the show and Abby didn't think that anyone at ABC was looking out for her. It says uh, in interviews with more than 10 current and former staff on the show they confirmed the portrait of a talk show hobbled by constant dysfunction. They described a work environment where th- Three executive producers play a game of hot potato, not dealing with resentments or festering tensions among the co-hosts or staff. Then there's a quote that is supposed to be from Whoopi Goldberg that says, this is the best decision you'll make in your career. Mm -hmm. Um, But in an Us Weekly article that was reporting on this, it says, a source, however, claims to us that Goldberg never told Huntsman that. (laughs) (laughs) so it's like what is the truth yeah it's like it's funny that in that literally like for that specific quote um the one where he says and then abby looked or sorry and then Whoopi looked abby in the eyes and said this there like there's no we don't know where that came from (laughs) it's like yeah one source says it happened and then another source says that didn't happen yeah and neither of those sources are Abby or Whoopi. Yeah. So um, it also says one high-ranking staff member is quoted 
saying, there's no leadership and no management. Wherever there's a problem, nobody communicates. It's basically throwing all of the producers under the bus. Yeah. Um, The tea that I did find was interesting in the epilogue, which is just like a little nugget that's buried in there, is uh, around that story that came out some time ago about how uh, Sonny organized a secret meeting with, when one day yeah. when Matt King wasn't there. And the nugget that's in the epilogue that I didn't hear about in the previous story was that Sonny suspects <laughs> that uh, ABC execs are reading her emails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the and then the response was, well, they it, what they weren't reading them about that incident. Yeah. It says. It's basically it confirms that the famous morning meetings no longer exist. And supposedly it's because they were disagreeing too much or it was like not civil um, to do them anymore. And so it says that on the day that Megan wasn't there and Yvette Nicole Brown and Anna Navarro were, um, Sunny gathered them and Joy and Abby into a room. And there's a quote it's quoting Brian Tetta. It says, Sonny, what are you doing? He asked. You can't hold a meeting without producers. What followed was a shouting match loud enough for the entire staff to hear. You can't tell me who to speak to, Sonny said. I'm the face of the show. You're not on air. Who are you to tell me what to do? Sonny yes. was trying to prove that Megan was the one who had derailed the morning meetings by pushing back on too many things. But the confrontation seemed to disprove her point. After the fight, Sunny accused producers of knowing about the meeting because they were secretly reading the emails from her ABC account. Um, a source said they weren't, at least not for this. Everyone had been talking about the secret morning meeting, which is how Teta got wind of it. I love that, at least not for this. That's I- tea. It, well, that is tea because it was shocking to picture Sunny like screaming, <laughs> I'm the face of the show. Yeah, I, I agree with her. <laughs> Sunny is exactly right. <laughs> I, I was shocked to read that, but had a similar sentiment to Sean where I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. And like, I never really thought about it, but yeah, I guess. Well, I do think it is, like, kind of a shame that these morning, these famous morning meetings, like, don't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah I um, was actually surprised. Like, I, I feel like I had heard that, but then kind of just pushed it out of my mind or didn't know that it was still a thing that they weren't doing. It does seem sad that that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and I do think that it goes back to this stoking of like arguments on the show and I you know if if the hot topic meetings in the morning pre-show were way too fiery and people were pushing back too hard on each other they probably just wanted that to happen on air right and they didn't want people to know what each other was going to say so that so mm-hmm. that they captured that fire on air which you know is a little bit of evidence to support that idea that the producers are stoking um, resentment or or animosity among the ladies. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I guess it all, but it also could be just presented as like it was too toxic, so we had to stop having the meetings. Like, I feel like you could argue it both ways. But yeah, but I also feel like any functional workplace would know how to fix toxic meetings. I think if Barbara was there running those meetings, there would be absolutely no drama. No, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. She would shut that shit down. Well, that's not the only book. That's not the only book making making the news. (laughs) Um, Because Paula Ferris has written a memoir, and she's been promoting it a little bit on ABC. It's called Called Out. And it's about it's about how she quit her two dream jobs to follow her calling. Um, and she basically goes into detail in this book about all of the horrible things that happened to her and why she left the show. And these are some of the reasons. I went through this personal crisis that I write about in the book, My Year of Hell, 
Within seven months, I had a miscarriage with an emergency surgery. I got hit in the head during a live shot and I was knocked out of work for three weeks with a concussion. The day I got cleared to go back to work, I, um, I got in a head-on car crash and I was out for, for a little bit longer. Then I had influenza, which turned into pneumonia. You know, I was held at gunpoint with Junior Princess in South Africa. Yeah. Um, my mum been told she was dying. My German Shepherd got killed on my driveway. My horse got killed outside my house on the dual carriageway. Harvey had a kidnap threat. Then I caught my husband cheating again. So, you know, a lot of really awful stuff happened to her. Um, <laughs> Uh, she also is clearing up rumors that Whoopi hated her. Oh. Okay, in Called Out, Ferris details the shock and hurt she felt reading headlines about her departure from The View, which came out while she was covering the 2016 Republican National Convention. I muscled my way through the rest of the convention and cried myself all the way back to New York, she writes. At the time... Goldberg responded to the stories in a series of tweets, writing, I am not responsible for firing or moving people around or negotiating my coworkers' contracts. Um, and then she claims that they had a great relationship. She says when her father passed away, Whoopi was one of the first people to reach out and ask her how she was doing. She sent her family a big platter of food. And she continues to say, Whoopi is a loyalist. And once you're in her corner, you're not going to go anywhere. She will fiercely defend you. And I feel like that's where the two of us are today. I'm really grateful to have worked next to somebody of her stature. <sighs> so, okay, it's not well, true. I'm glad and... that's cleared up. The crazy <laughs> yeah, thing about that story to me is that Whoopi actually did do those tweets. Because that's, like, yeah. unprecedented. Yeah. Um, I'm just a little disappointed because I did think that was one of the more funny rivalries. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I am kind of like where you are at Sean, where like, Oh, did we need an update on this? Oh, okay. Like I had (laughs) fully forgotten that this was even a thing. So I was actually surprised to find out that they're like, that she is talking about view stuff because I didn't think that anyone was like waiting for the update on that. Right. Right. I just feel like Paula has taken everything that I like to make fun of her for and flipped it around and made me feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny because Accurate. I don't feel bad. <laughs> I said what Sean. I said and I'll say it again. Because, <laughs> like, I, I, of course I have sympathy for everything she's gone through. She's gone through some terrible things, but it, it is really funny the way that she says it. And, you know, like Kevin made the joke of referencing back to this um, Katie Price interview on this morning where she just rambles off a list of 10 life-shattering, horrible things that have happened to her in the past year. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's the delivery that makes it funny because it's like... <laughs> You just people yeah. just don't do that. People don't to, talk like that. So that's what makes it funny and that it's coming out of fucking yeah, Pete Ferris's to kind of, <laughs> To backpedal for you. I feel like it's <laughs> funny in a way where it's like you have to laugh because otherwise you'll cry. And it's like it's funny because of the delivery because of it is just unbelievable in a way that all of these things would happen. So to me it's funny that way. But to what Kevin said, I can no longer be like, oh, Paula, about the Apple incident, because now I truly do feel <laughs> really Yeah, I'm not laughing it. at her that she got a concussion or that she went through anything else that she went through. Uh-huh. It's just, I just find it funny. <laughs> okay, but even the part where I used to love to call out the fact that because she was such a serious journalist, she couldn't actually share any of her views on The View. She yeah. even addresses that. So it's like, now I can't even like bring that up all the time. She says, I began, like Paula is literally just like, no, you guys are, you, yeah, I agree. Like you guys uh-huh. were right. Like I didn't belong. And it's like, oh, well, it's not funny anymore. And I'll let you say it. Um, but she was like, I began to realize that there was a growing disconnect between my amazing co-hosts, all of whom I still love, and me. The network had a set of expectations. My co-hosts had another set of expectations. I was caught in the middle and unsure of how to square the two. Um, she said she found it increasingly difficult to participate in the show's discussions, which cover everything from pop culture to politics. The view was challenging. This is a quote. 
not just because you have to have thick skin to be a co-host, but it was challenging in the sense that I had a news career simultaneously. I was trying to maintain my objectivity, but was also trying to appease an audience that's used to and should expect strong opinions from its co-host. Um, and then she even says that her bosses encouraged her not to share her opinion. Oh my so, God. I could, that is shocking. That sucks for her. She says, yeah. I couldn't ever go there. I felt like I was walking a tightrope and any moment I could say something that would totally derail my news career because for me, my objectivity meant more to me than anything else. Yeah, I've been saying that. Yeah. So now she's like, yeah, so you can stop saying it now. (laughs) It sucks because when you think back, remember when they went to Disney and they made like a whole skit of being like, there's literally a picture of her at Disney in this article. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> couldn't even go to Euro Disney <laughs> it really sucks like I do I feel really bad for her and I feel like out of um, out of the majority of the co-hosts she does seem like very very real now that she's out of it and is able to like talk freely about how about her emotions at the time when in the talk uh, with Sarah that you brought up on the uh, on Strand and Sarah and Kiki um, it's like Paula just feels very real. She feels like someone that you would have a real conversation with in person. And yeah, it just, it made me feel bad to think of, <laughs> it was, it was easy to laugh at someone when you think of them as being like a larger than life, aloof celebrity, but then thinking of like your friend Paula, it's like that sucks. That they made a whole skit well, out of being like, we lost you. <laughs> yeah. It's like Paula is probably the most like bland co-host in the views history but now she's like yeah I was and here's why yeah it's like how dare you (laughs) that sucks like oh I I do I feel for her well the real meat and potatoes of view updates is this situation of Megan's most recent appearance on Watch What Happens Live. Mm-hmm. Whew. So <laughs> in this episode, we had Andy, Megan, Erica Jane, and Congressman Eric Swalwell, and Shangela Laquifa Wadley, all in one. <laughs> Andy always seems to get Megan to run her mouth. Well, I do think that there's one thing that we know about Megan and that it's she knows her audience so well. So she knows like when to spill tea. She knows when to do the like hardcore conservative thing. She knows yeah. when to moderate. And when she goes on Watch What Happens Live, she knows she's going to like dig up something and dish on it because she knows that's what people want. And this and time it happened to be Elizabeth. It's kind of funny because I think Megan has been in a very, like, serious mode with coronavirus. And I think she even tweeted before her appearance being like, "Um, I just couldn't resist Andy. Like, I just can't say no to him. So she went on the show, even though it really hasn't been the mode that she's in lately. Um, But if you... If you will all remember, it wasn't long ago that Elizabeth Hasselbeck appeared on The View and she made, it was very early days social distancing, to quote Elizabeth, and she made some silly comments about um, the president defending what Trump's response to the coronavirus had been at that point and also saying that she's praying and using Purell and everything's going to be okay. And he has not gotten tested. Have you gotten tested? No, there's no test Why? Kits. There Why? are no test kits. Well, here's the deal. If we, the, the president's medical advisor, his chief physician, Fauci. says that he has no... I only believe Fauci. Well, believe both. I think we should prepare. I think we should pray. I'm not going to let coronavirus rule me and let it be an idol. I'm, I'm going so, so to use not, Purell I'm not right listening now. to Dr. Bonespurs to... either. I'm not. So, Andy brings it up on Watch What Happens Live and says... Megan, what did you think about Elizabeth's comments that we should pray the coronavirus away? What were your thoughts on Elizabeth Hasselbeck co-hosting The View and saying we should pray the virus away? Megan responds by saying, 
Yeah. Somebody actually sent me a screenshot of my face when she said that. I was, you know, I took this virus seriously from the very beginning and I thought a lot of this rhetoric was really dangerous. And I, I, I think it's really, really unfortunate and dangerous that she said that. And I, I, I don't need to co-host with her again. And it's unfortunate because I've been a huge fan for a long time. And um, anybody who's screwing around with this virus and putting out sort of misinformation, I just, I don't really have a lot of time for right now. And that happened like last week. I think this is interesting, though, because I think, like, the real problem with what Elizabeth said on The View is that she was so defensive of Trump and said that he was a strong leader at this time and that he was doing lots of great things. I feel like that is the the real problem with what Elizabeth said. Not so much the praying and using Purell. Yeah, I I agree with you. I agree with you, like, to a point there, because um, the thing that really made her seem a little unhinged in that interview was that it was this focus on, like, well, we have this great leadership, while everybody was talking about how terribly Trump was fumbling the response to coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but The Purell and Prayer comment was kind of a throwaway, but it was that, mo- like, just the way that it was cut, like... Just, I almost to Megan and she was like sort of like had fire in her eyes as she was saying it and so like that's what got picked up on I almost feel like the um the prayer and Purell became like more symbolic of the greater problem with what she was saying so I think that what you are both saying is correct but I think that like people held on to the prayer and Purell comment as a sort of um, roundup of the of the different things that she said that people felt were wrong. Yeah, like I get what you're saying, Kevin, about what the worst thing that she said was that uh, that Trump was handling it well. But I think it was like for me at least, it, it's even more the fact that she kept saying it'll be fine. Like don't worry, guys, it'll be fine. But the prayer in Purell is like. Uh, a concise way of of rounding up what she was trying or what what her whole point was I guess was well, like I, don't worry I agree it'll with be you fine. but like I have a greater point here which is that like the issue is what she said about Trump her saying to pray and use Purell is like that's fine if you want to also do that as in addition to whatever that's totally fine that's not the problem but it's like the catchy it's like a catchy thing to post yeah. for. And like we tweeted like Elizabeth's strategy of prayer and Purell, like and other people like made jokes like prayer and Purell, prayer because and Purell. Because it sounded like and as then, if she was being very, very uh, glib about the whole thing. So if Andy wanted to have like, if this was a different show, then you would ask Megan, like, what do you think about Elizabeth's defense of Trump in regards to coronavirus? But because this is Shady Boots show, he he presents the question to Megan as like, what do you think about the Purell and prayer strategy? Yeah. And of course, Megan um, falls right into the trap and says, like, obviously, like, I don't agree with that. And it gives Elizabeth grounds now to be the victim it was like this situation like set her up to play the victim card Andy Cohen set up Megan McCain and she did exactly (laughs) what she was supposed to do which produced Elizabeth coming back at her being the victim but I will say this, like, I think that, yeah, I totally think that Andy and or whatever the show produced this moment for it to be a moment. But I th- I almost like I almost got the sense that like they made this for it to be a standalone moment, like headlines. Megan McCain says that she'll never co-host with Elizabeth. That's the end. I don't even think that they anticipated that Elizabeth would come back at it. Okay, so Elizabeth responded to Megan's quotes from Watch What Happens Live by posting this video to Instagram where she's filming herself, like, looking down at the camera, talking to one of her sons. The angle, the camera angle (laughs) is aggressive. It's really aggressive. And it's so close up. It's what I can only describe. Like, if you haven't seen it, 
the only words I can use to describe it is Blair Witch. It's Blair Witch, big time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so she's asking her son, uh, Isaiah, does mommy take social distancing very seriously because mommy has celiac and uh, asthma? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> uh, no, Isaiah. Was he like, yes. And then she was like, yes, ma'am. And he was yeah. like, yes, ma'am. And then she goes, good boy. <laughs> good boy. I don't like being misrepresented. So we're going to talk this out right here. Um, hey, Isaiah, what do we do when we're scared about things, bud? We pray, right? Have we been washing our hands and Purelling? Yes. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Good boy. Um, how do you think we feel about social distancing since mommy has autoimmune things like celiac and asthma? Have we been pretty serious about it? Yes. Yes. Pretty serious, right? Okay. Um, so, Megan, number one, the day I came to The View, it was like pre- social distancing orders. We were very early in this cycle with coronavirus and I will always, always call on God in my prayer um, when things get scary and when they're unknown. It's my first response and it will always be my best defense. So if you want to come on offense against me for that. I believe in the power of prayer and I don't think that, you know, you should attack me for believing in prayer. Lots of people believe in prayer. And it's so weird (laughs) that Sort of, I mean, it's I, where else is she going to go with this? Yeah. But um, Megan, of all people, is not going to be somebody who shits on prayer. Like, <laughs> and I think Elizabeth knows that, but it's like she's yeah. just, she's like, what else does she have to work with? So it's just like, I know, it's but funny exactly. To see like, that that's directed what it, at Megan. That's exactly what I'm saying. Because the question was, what did you think about the Purell in prayer? Uh-huh. And then even though Megan was kind of referring to like the entire appearance and not uh-huh. specifically prayer, Elizabeth's only response is about the prayer. So oh, for sure. She's going to use that till the cows come home. What yeah. you don't think it's okay for me to pray. Like that's her, exactly. her only defense. It's exactly like when Rosie O'Donnell said that Elizabeth was on an all-women's softball team and kind of yeah. implied that she spent a lot of time around lesbians. And yeah. so Elizabeth's response then was to be like, well, I think, like, all girls should be empowered to play sports. It's like, of course, <laughs> it plays right into Elizabeth's handbook. Yeah, she holds on to the one thing that makes her look like the victim in this whole thing. But, um... Sean, you didn't even talk about the caption. Yeah, well, I just wanted to talk about the caption. So uh, Elizabeth, like uh, many people her age, (laughs) don't really know how to post an Instagram video. So (laughs) the video kind of like cuts out too early. And so she addresses uh, all of her thoughts in uh, an essay in the caption. You're talking about the one that's pink and orange? Uh, No, I'm talking about the caption on her video. That's one part. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Not the not the story. We're not, not there the story. Yet. So, uh, and in this, she just says, "Megan, I'm going to handle this in the best uh, in in the best socially distanced and direct manner possible." Uh, and then she has a list of things that she wants to get across. Number one is that she has always been a vocal defender of Megan's family, and that she sure true. did not see this one coming. But doesn't she also, in the first sentence, say, I'm going to call you to deal with this? Directly? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then proceeds to post the essay, not dealing with it directly. It has the exact same energy as when Law & Order uh, had a character that was kind of similar to her. And she was like, I called Dick Wolf directly. (laughs) Then she proceeded to drag him on the view anyway. Um, I like that she says, I like that she says, I did not see this one coming because um, if she was paying any attention to the view, or I understand she might not be watching the view, but the internet and her name, um, she would see this coming because Megan has talked about it before. So it's like Megan's like third or second time. Yeah. Should have seen this coming. Yeah, it's like clearly she was out of the loop and hasn't been paying attention to pop culture, which which makes sense. It's fine that she wouldn't be. But like, it's like someone deliberately emailed this to her. (laughs) It's like, you need to see this. Um, The part of the caption that really disturbed me the most was the part where she says, 
just got the kids to bed. Um, the video <laughs> was posted at like 12 19 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> She's in Nashville. I don't know what the. Yeah, um, I don't. <laughs> it, was, it, it was a late night at that's in the a late night in Nashville household. Yeah, it was a late night in Nashville. Um, and that's the part that like really disturbed me. I was like, wow, like they've really been up racking their brains around this, <laughs> around this news that's been out for almost a week. The part that confuses me a bit is um, skipping forward, uh, blah, 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 blah. Number four, my <laughs> quote was that I am going to pray and Purell. I don't know what she's clearing up here because that's exactly what they said. <laughs> like, yeah. She's like, I just want to yeah. clear the air. Yeah, It's because think... if she actually went in deeper into what she said, it would come out looking worse. Yeah, and then she went on to post another Instagram story that says, cannot believe I even have to address this. Dear <laughs> Megan McCain, please know I am praying for you. I'm not sure why you are taking aim at me. I visited The View before any lockdowns or social distancing was instituted. My quote was, I am going to pray and Purell. I felt zero ability to pray it away. But know this about me. That is nothing new. I Purell and pray. If that seems dangerous to you, I'm sorry. I have been socially distanced and prayerful. I, and then <laughs> there's just an I. And it says, I have long been a supporter of you and your family. I'm not sure why you have gone in the offense against me, but no, I will continue to use prayer as my main response and my best defense. I'm not sure why you are judging me. We are all doing our best. Be nice. It's a lot more fun that way. Like, like okay, <laughs> I just want to say... Like, she's fallen into her own trap again here mm -hmm. because she says, I'm going to continue to use prayer as my main response. I get the prayer thing, but maybe your main response should be social distancing. And you can do yeah. both. But, like, that um, yeah, it's like, has I been get proven what, more effective than I prayer. get what she's saying. And I get that she's like, I already am doing the social distancing thing. So, for me, the main uh, defender is prayer. It's like, I get what she means, but yes, it's very easy to flip it around and be like, this still looks bad. I feel I like... Think, I think like my, if I were Elizabeth, my main line of defense would be to focus on the fact that if you go back and watch her appearance, it's clear that she was unprepared and she does mention that a tornado like had just yeah. happened in her hometown, yeah. her home In Nashville, city. yeah. Yeah, and which I was think, the reason for her appearance. And I think if you watch um, her on the show, she makes her like stupid statement about Trump, and then as soon as Sunny or whoever rebuttals her, you can see it on her face that she's kind of like, oh, like maybe I'm out of my league here. Yeah, yeah. And, but she just being Elizabeth, kind of sticks to her guns on the Trump thing, but then starts to shift her opinion into being like, pray, prayer, I'm all about prayer, and we're just going to make it yeah. through. Yeah. And I, I really think she just, like, wasn't prepared and was ignorant, and maybe she does believe in President Trump, and that's an issue. But I think, like, her best line of defense here would have been to say, like, there was a tornado. I didn't do my research. Yeah. I just did my best. And like, I can't believe you attacked me. But instead, and, she's like, I'm a, a God warrior victim. And <laughs> like further to what you're saying. Yeah, totally. And it she would have come out looking so good from this if she had been like, exactly what you said. But then also on top of that, like, to, to show my commitment, I'm donating XYZ amount of money to these frontline response or charities or whatever. And Megan, like, I encourage you, like, won't you join me in doing the same to, to show everyone that Ooh. we are committed and that we're like, like solidarity and we're committed to ending this pandemic. You know, that what? Would have been I think the you finisher. and I. I think you and I just made a great case for her to hire us as her <laughs> PR. Like, that would have been the finisher. She would have come out looking really good because she would have said, yeah, you're right. But also this. And now I come out looking better than you. How's that for a point of yeah. view? Yeah. 
And being but, like, let's put these petty things aside and both donate to these causes. Yeah, but the the problem is, I don't think she would care to do that. She <laughs> would need good PR to do that because her main line of defense is not frontline workers or um, well, that's what different sucks. charity. Yeah, that's her main line sucks. of defense is prayer, which is getting back to the that's key what issue. Sucks is she could have come out looking better and and really like taking the high road in this by doing something like that and instead we got this like 12 30 a.m yeah post when this happened i was screaming i was like i could not focus i could not get to sleep i was just reading i kept reading it over and over again i was like it was like truly so exciting and i was like I actually went to bed being like, I cannot wait to see Megan's response <laughs> morning. But no word from Camp McCain, except that she has now unfollowed Elizabeth on social media. Look, I will say this. The four um, main cast members of Sex and the City reunited on a podcast for coronavirus. Like They did it like in honor of some frontline workers including Kim Cattrall. So if Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall can go on a podcast, put away their feud for a greater cause, then I think that Elizabeth and Megan can go on a podcast oh God, I <laughs> called would love. Deja the Feud. <laughs> put aside the feud for a greater cause. Um, well, the other thing that I really enjoyed from Megan's Watch What Happens live appearance is Andy asked her about Whoopi's phone going off. Oh, yeah. And she went on a little bit of a rant about that. Okay, Megan, Mason G wants to know, why is Whoopi's phone always going off while taping The View, and do you ever get annoyed by it? Oh, my God. It's the bane of my existence. Her phone goes off. It's like a joke. It's like every... And she has a landline, and she's answered it on air before. And like I think That's amazing. Just, everybody loves her, so they let it go. But I was like, you got to get the phone thing under control, because we'll be very serious. But like, in this pandemic, and it's like, ring, ring. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't focus on anything. That's hilarious. <laughs> She but seemed you know mad. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's actually those moments where Whoopi's phone is going off or Whoopi is holding a Yoda, baby Yoda, or <laughs> Whoopi is making a comment about not wearing pants or not wearing a bra. Those are the only things making the show, like, watchable right now <laughs> it's true yeah. it's it's been really hard i guess we haven't really talked generally about what it's been like the social distancing view um it's been really hard and like from a from a deja the view perspective where i'm just trying to meme anything like i'm <laughs> can i just have a crumb <laughs> like to work with it's hard because i think the show has taken uh i don't even this is not even necessarily a criticism it's just that the show has decided to be extremely informative like that's their approach Mm -hmm. um and they're in new york which is the epicenter of the virus so i understand like feeling like they have a responsibility to talk about like uh Mm. you know america dealing with coronavirus and it's it's turned into kind of like recapping the Trump's pressers every day. And that's okay. But it's like, it's hard to watch. It's like not doing it for me. And even just like the style that they have to do it in where they've found like a system that works best so that people aren't talking over each other. So it's just like everyone gets to do a monologue and then they move on. So even just like... (laughs) It's hard as a viewer to stay engaged. Yeah, that's exactly I, I, it. I like it's fall like, asleep watching it. Like <laughs> you lose you lose the magic of the view when y- they can't organically interact with each other and they can't vibe off what the other is saying. So mm-hmm. they each have to like individually check in with Whoopi or the other way around. Whoopi has to individually check in with each member. Yeah. You know how like um Barbara first wanted to call it the view from here? It's like, <laughs> now it's literally become the view from here. Yeah. Also, I wish everyone would just sit in front of their fireplace instead of just half of the people. 
Yeah. Just commit to having the mantle on all, all of four screens or none of them, please. <laughs> yeah. It's just hard. And like I um I I kind of wish that they would get a little more creative with how they do it because it's unprecedented times. I don't necessarily need all four co-hosts there every day then as long as whoopi's there because whoopi's the only person like driving the entertainment value so like as long it could be whoopi uh on monday with joy on tuesday with megan like it could be you know or it could be like anna and whoopi whoopi and whoever or even different people doing different segments. Like, I feel like, uh, I mean, Joy has not hid the fact that it's it exhausts her <laughs> to even think about <laughs> doing that hour every day. So, like, if everyone popped in and out for different segments and they had more people, like, if, if they kind of rotated through so that it wasn't just the four of them sitting there for the whole hour, maybe it would make it more interesting, because then you'd be like, oh, I know that so-and-so is coming up next, I'll stay engaged for that. Yeah, especially when we know all of them are on the same page, for the most part, about everything. Yeah. So, it's like, then we might as well just, and and we know what they're going to talk about every day. We know they're going to talk about... It's okay to experiment right now, I think. And I think I would like to see more of that. Do you know what I would love to see? Something like, you know, um, Joy's lasagna cooking segment? Yeah. It would be great to do some segments from home. Like, hey, tapes? get your oh, husband well, to film you around home. Like, not to... Well, not has joined TikTok. And she uh, recently did a little cooking video on her TikTok, And it's like, that could have been on the view. Yes, and it would have been like, adorable. I think that now, while we're already used to seeing the low tech, like, like iPhone uh, webcam on all of them all the time, now use that to your advantage and have way more pre-taped segments of people yeah. on their phones. I would like to see like a cooking segment with joy Um I would like to see Whoopi showing us her egots. Um, <laughs> I would like, like to see Sunny going to the, to the hen house. Oh my yeah. god, why have we not seen the hen? I know, like why aren't we getting like a garden slash like farm tour from Sunny? Yeah. Let, let Joy take her brazier off 10 minutes earlier <laughs> one day and play this segment of Sunny talking about her chickens. Yeah, and I, I don't know, like I understand, I understand what they're doing, but... It's like it, it's okay to like break it up a bit, and yeah. thank God, thank goodness, Anna Navarro finally returned to the show. Oh my God! Like what a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Wow. It felt like, like we went from 2D to 3D. It was <laughs> the production value of just Anna sitting there alone was so beautiful. <laughs> this. Does she she probably has a green screen in her house because she she's does. like she's always on CNN doing this anyway. Like she this is what she does. Yeah. So, but uh, it's she, crazy to me that she had the green screen and then had the live image of like the Miami Harbor or whatever that was. was like it was a moving virtual background on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. She looked great. She looked, she was sitting on the water and it was just so <laughs> stunning. She was actually walking on the water, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and and then, so, I mean, she, first of all, her makeup looked incredible. I don't know if she has a live-in makeup artist or what, but she looked beautiful. And then was wearing this turban. I don't even know she, what to make that. She gave up a, a preview of it on Instagram, I think, the night before, she right? She did, yeah. It's really funny because I, I, had, I had just been thinking, wow, it's been like over a month, I think, since Anna Navarro's been a guest on The View. And, and then I just happened to open Instagram and here was Anna's post about the... Uh, 17 turbans she got for 25.99 and i was like oh that's interesting she got some turbans and then lo and behold the next morning she's on my tv <laughs> in a s- morning sky blue turban is that okay <laughs> yeah it's like a very um katherine hepburn like 
like old Hollywood, <laughs> old Hollywood turban. It's not in any way like a religious symbol. There, well, it doesn't I have liked any type it. of. Yeah, it doesn't have any type of of. Um, I don't. Yeah, this is so, not like, Lady I, Gaga walking out of a club in a burqa in two thousand thirteen. Yeah, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't the song burqa. That wasn't uh, that. Aura. The reason she said she was wearing it is because her roots have grown out, and she said she looked like a skunk. Hey, Anna, it's been a little <laughs> while since we've seen you, and you've got a new look going on. How you doing? Hola, girl. Hi, ladies. Love being on. Listen, Hi. Um, I've got a turban on because my hair is just all sorts <laughs> of crazy. I look like a skunk. It is not fit for national TV. And so a couple of days ago, you know, I, I tried to color my own hair, but I got to tell you, those instructions were complicated and the letters were too little. So I went online and I bought <laughs> turbans in every color. Uh, I, it's, it's a homage to Lucille wait, wait, Ball. What? You what? I bought a turban in every color. Girl, 17 colors for $25.99. I just wish they made a turban for the rest of my body. I really liked that she came prepared with a month's worth of jokes that she just had to get out in the first segment because she knows how the view has changed too. So she like hit all of her greatest hits. It was like... um, I'm old, I don't like the way I look, I don't like my body, I'm a shopaholic, but I'm also thrifty. Like, she hit all the right notes. And I think, actually, it kind of, it's actually kind of crazy that they haven't been using her more, because just knowing that this is, she does this style of of uh, appearance Monologue for a type. living like yeah this is what she does on cnn She's so she knows th- how the the timing works and it actually i think kind of explains her weird joke timing in yeah. general <laughs> yeah totally the jokes landed way better in this format than they do at the table it all became crystal clear yeah. i actually uh i actually read some comment i looked at the comments on facebook about her turban uh that I, i'll read some to you great <laughs> i can't wait for this to get cut out of the podcast yeah i can't wait to hear what jeff goldblum <laughs> has to say uh yima says anna you look so much younger with your turban sandy it's so great seeing anna back on the view we need more remotes if that's what it takes love the turban carol Anna, you look marvelous in your turban. You are so beautiful. Barbara, hi, Anna. You look so beautiful, and your turban and earrings are nice. Carol, another Carol. Love, Anna. Glad to see her back. Beautiful in a turban. Molly, I love Anna's turbine. But even more, (laughs) I love the view of Miami behind her. Okay, hearing these comments, going back to what you said, I understand your point. Because I do feel like if it were someone who isn't Anna who is wearing this, we would not be getting such positive feedback on the view, on the on the view Facebook. Mm, well, it's not all positive. Oh God, <laughs> Susan, Anna, just wondering who did your makeup today? It looks professionally done. Did you violate stay at home and maintain six foot separation while getting it done? As an aside, you do look beautiful. Hmm. Douglas, cultural misappropriation. Oh, <laughs> okay. yeah. Well, he got me. Overall, it's been a little bleak. So thank goodness for Anna. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Should I just like start and start explaining the game? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. So. It may not be the most um, obvious game <laughs> that we've ever played, <laughs> but the more that I worked on it, the the more I felt, wow, I'm really on to something here. So the name of the game is um, Carrie Bradshaw or Mary Kay Huntsman. <laughs> God. So. <laughs> I will read oh my to you. God. I've I've never been so proud of you. Well, <laughs> I knew you 
would love this. I thought when I was coming up with the game, when I when it first hit me that maybe I should take it upon myself to make a game, um, I thought, what does Kevin love? Mary Kay Huntsman. And then I thought, what do I love? Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> and then, well, what's strange is the the deeper I dug, the the more it seemed like, oh my god they are actually the same person and this was always meant to like be discovered. So what I, what the game is, is I will read to you a passage and you have to decide um, if this is something that Mary Kay Huntsman said, uh, probably on her Instagram. (laughs) Um, Because I don't have a direct line to her. And for anyone, I, well. Well, um, yeah, I mean, if you're, do I need to explain? Loss. Like, if you're at a loss, Mary. Kay could Hunts- you explain it to me? Because I don't know who either of them are. Okay, well, Mary Kay Huntsman is Abby Huntsman's mom. She's very active on social media. Um, She's a gorgeous porcelain doll <laughs> with many daughters. Yeah, and. The pride of Utah. It's <laughs> the pride of Utah. And her Instagram captions often border on like very philosophical and almost like a quote that you could write out um, on like a, a two by four and then hang it in your living room. You know, truly, truly the hub of all Huntsman news and philosophy. Yeah. Very, very philosophical. Um, And that's when the connection started to become more clear. It was that often Carrie Bradshaw's inner monologues are very similar to what Mary Kay Huntsman posts on Instagram. So for the game, you will have to guess if the character from Sex and the City said this line or if this is from Mary Kay's Instagram. So I've merged our two passions for this one game. I'm sorry, Sean, I wasn't able to shoehorn one of your passions. Cheryl Cole into it. (laughs) Um, Okay, I'll begin. So the first quote, um, this is a, a short one, okay? We'll start it off a little easy. It's a reminder that life really does pass quickly the pages in the chapter's turn. We must always cherish each precious moment we have. Who are you asking? Well, either of you. Oh. Do you think Carrie wrote it? Carrie, who writes a, uh, uh, who writes for a news? Carrie, Carrie, who writes a column and a book. So kind of there with pages turning. Or was Mary Kay just feeling uh, a different type of philosophical this evening? I have a feeling in my gut that it's Mary Kay. My guess is Carrie. It's Mary Kay Huntsman. (laughs) The full quote is, Kenny Chesney so perfectly says it in this song, don't blink. (laughs) Which... Going through her Instagram, she brings up Kenny Chesney's song, Don't Blink, multiple times. (laughs) May he rest in peace. (laughs) Okay, next up. Soulmate. Two little words, one big concept. That's Carrie. That's Carrie for sure. Yes, correct. That is Carrie Bradshaw. Okay, next up. The older I get, the more I appreciate little getaway girl trips where you can just laugh and be silly, where dear and true friends mix all together as family. I'm going to say Carrie. I'm saying Carrie as well. Guys, it's Mary Kay Huntsman. (laughs) (laughs) The line becomes blurrier and blurrier from here. (laughs) Next up. No exercise is greater for the human heart than leaning down to lift one another up. That's Mary Kay. I think that's Carrie. It's Mary Kay. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Sounds stupid. Okay, next up. <laughs> it next also up. could just be Abby. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, none of these could be Abby. <laughs> After all, seasons change, so do cities. People come into your life and people go. But it's comforting to know that the ones you love are always in your heart. And if you're very lucky, a plane ride away. Ooh. I think that's, I know I keep saying this, but this, I, it's just like, if I keep picking her, eventually it will be Carrie. <laughs> but that, think, that truly sounds like a Carrie quote. I think it's Mary Kay because of her loved ones. She was in Russia. Her loved ones were a plane ride away. Guys, shockingly, it's Carrie. <laughs> yeah, I could practice. When I, when I saw that quote, I got shivers all down my spine because it sounded so much like other quotes that I had seen from Mary Kay's Instagram. <laughs> okay. Next up. The greatest joys we find in life are those beautiful, quality family moments. With each goodbye, we immediately start counting the days until the next hello. Mary Kay. Mary Kay. I think I said Mary Kay the whole time. <laughs> it's Mary Kay. <laughs> <laughs> but at this point, I'm like, it could have been either. I'm fully just throwing darts at the board. I don't know. Okay. The most important thing in life is your family. There are days you love them and others you don't. But in the end, they're the people you always come home to. Sometimes it's the family you're born into and sometimes it's the one you make yourself. That's I don't think Carrie. Mary... Yeah, that's Carrie. Marianne... <laughs> Marianne Mary Williamson Kay. would never... <laughs> Marianne it, is Mary Kay's other daughter. It is... It is Carrie, and it's like the only reason why you know it's her is because she said sometimes it's the one you make yourself. She doesn't yeah. have a chosen fam. She's yeah. busy. Well, yeah. I think any uh, wife of a politician would never say sometimes you don't love your family. <laughs> okay, next up. The most exciting, challenging, and significant relationship of all is the one you have with yourself. And if you find someone to love you the way you love... Wait. <laughs> and if you find someone to love the you you love, well, that's fabulous. Carrie. Mary Kay. It's Carrie. <laughs> A lot of these could also be, like, a Real Housewives tagline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Sunday stroll in Red Square. Not exactly a walk on a sunny California beach, but life has its chapters, and this one seems to be one of the most remarkable. Did, well, you, say red, did you say Red Scare? <laughs> <laughs> I said Red Square. <laughs> Mm, Red Mary Scare, Kay. Mary Kay. It's Mary Kay. Okay, one more for you. Ten hours later, all dressed up and no Petrovsky to go. <laughs> Carrie. I don't know. Carrie, I guess. It is Carrie. Again, with the similarities that blew me away, was that Carrie has this whole storyline about dating a Russian. <laughs> and Mary Kay has all of these Instagram posts about being in Russia. <laughs> it was like, when I started this game, I was like, this could be fun. And then I was like, wait. <laughs> wait, how did this happen again? I, What made you... <laughs> <laughs> what made you think about Carrie Bradshaw? Because, well, so many of Mary Kay's posts are like, I couldn't help but wonder. You know, it, it has that vibe to it. And then the more I worked on it, the more I was like, oh my god, they sound identical. <laughs> Good game. <laughs> when I said this would be the worst game we ever played... I was serious. Well, Thank you, you didn't count on bleep your deal. 
So who won? <laughs> I think Mary Kay Huntsman won because of all of the followers she's going to get from this. <laughs> The legions of fans. <laughs> <laughs> the little MK hunties. Thank you for playing my game and for allowing me to make it all about Sex in the City. <laughs> that was a great game. Thank you. Really good. You're like, thank you. Never asking Marie to make another game. <laughs> no, I like it. Um... Sir, as we say goodbye, as always, feel free to get in touch through voice memo or through social media at Deja the View Pod. And remember, if you're planning on adding a view co-host, don't at us. <laughs> we would like to be excluded from this narrative. Everyone, have a great day. And remember to take a little time to enjoy Joy Behar's Brazier. Hit it, MK. That's all, folks. See you later. John Huntsman, the real job creator. GOP. Join the hunt. GOP. Hola, girl. Hi, ladies. Love being on. We're bringing Huntsman.